Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic-inspired podcast that brings innovation to professional development. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, and anyone vested in the world of education. And Beth, I have been trying to make this conversation happen with you for like a month now. Um, It's been a minute. But now that we're back from break and and all the things that got in the way, we are here and I am so excited to have a conversation with you. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I had the amazing pleasure of having you as one of my teachers for two years. Um, you are so awesome with kids. You, I don't know, you just have a way of making a super personal connection. You go to the kids. I I remember conversations of you and I having, um, you know, discussions about, about some families that were super difficult. And, and I was like, well, have you gone to them? And you're like, yeah, I've gone to them. We eat pizza at their place. And uh, <laughs> <That happened. laughs> I love it. You are so amazing. And so uh, when I thought about having um, somebody on the show about making more time and making the most of their time, I was like, Beth, we got to do this because you are literally driving around. And I don't know about pandemic world, but you're, you are meeting kids all the time and how do you do it and how do they do it? And so we're just going to talk about it all, but before we get too far in, tell me who you are, how long you've been in education and then what made you come to Epic? Well, definitely one of my favorite subjects to talk about, but I've been, this is my eighth or ninth year teaching. Um, I started a little later. I didn't get my degree until I was 30. Um, So I started a family and, you know, got to be a stay-at-home mom for a few years and loved that, but knew my calling was um, being a teacher and in the classroom initially is what I thought. So um, this is my third year with Epic, and it felt like such a scary decision when I first made the choice to come to Epic, but it also felt like a sense of um, boldness needed to be taken. Like, you know, when something can be scary, it's also like, okay, be bold and something great is going to happen. And I just remember that first year with you, the first few months, I was just like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. I don't think I can do it. And I remember it was like the fourth month um, with Epic and there was just like a light bulb that went off. There was just a flip that script or a a script Script. that flipped. And I was able to just um, really attach myself to what our goals are with Epic and really making education individualized for every single student. And for me, that has just been the difference between brick and mortar and epic because I get to really focus on what I love, which is relationship building. Um, That is the core. I mean, if anybody knows me, they know that um, in my friendships, my relationships with my family, um, my job, everything that I do is built on such a personal relationship that I feel um, drives everything else. So um, that's why, you know, eating pizza and doing things and going over to my students' houses is just such a natural walk for me because that's what I enjoy. And so, you know, once I have those things into place, it's easy to come to the education side and be excited about teaching math and 
the language arts and science and all of the things that we get to do. So um, anyways, that's basically what I love. Outside of that, I am an avid exerciser. Um, I just love anything fitness and it's a huge passion of mine. So um, anytime I can integrate those two things, I am all for it. I love it. Well, we had talked about this, um, gosh, I mean, a couple of months ago, I mean, more than a couple of months ago, because you had told me one of the things you're doing this year is partnering up with a, another teacher, right? Yes. And you guys are kind of co-teaching. And I know that that's further yes. down in my notes. So it's I apologize. It's amazing. And I don't know if it's just because Mandy, my co-teacher is so incredible, but she just makes this so fun for me. Um, last year I had a couple teachers that we did. We met up at the library one day a week and we would knock out, um, you know, several hours with students just doing small classrooms basically. And that was so much fun. But this year we thought, you know, how can we be more effective? Um, even though zooms and online classrooms have, um, you know, they have their definitely adversities. They also have positives as well, meaning I can reach more students in a less amount of time. So um, it's really effective for me, especially having a co-teacher with that, because we will teach to every single grade level that we have every other week. So my students are getting a lesson, you know, for state standards um, for their specific grade level from me or Miss Mandy every single week. So we just flip flop. And then on those off weeks where I'm not teaching Zooms, I'm out in my field and I am um, meeting with students. I still have a lot of families that, um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to, you know, go to their homes still um, since libraries aren't as, you know, conducive. But um, I still get to have a lot of interactions in my students' homes. And for me, that just gives me a lot of joy. So um, it's been great to monopolize my time in that way because, how else do you get to, you know, all of your students, you know, literally every single week? So that's been really amazing. So a lot of people ask me, um, like, how do I make the most of my time, basically daily, weekly, monthly? And for me personally, I have to have a planner. And um, each day, I look at my planner to see what I've got. But Every Sunday, I am sitting down making my week's agenda so I know what the week has in store for me. Every month, I write down a list of goals that I want to do for that month. Um, you know, I'm, I definitely found that when I was going willy-nilly, things would fall through the cracks like crazy. Yeah. But whenever I switch to doing this planner, um, and, and it's I've been doing it for like three or four years now, I, I just find like that there's so much more time in my day if I've got the entire day planned out. And I, I mean, down to the 15 minute increments. And if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about scheduling in time for yourself as well. Um, mm -hmm. And so one of the things I do every single morning, Beth, is I like prime my day. And that's a big Tony Robbins thing. But Oh, yeah, I've done his training. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I'll sit down and I'll just breathe and kind of be present for a minute. And then I'll do a study or a devotional. Um, I'll listen to a podcast. And that is me time, getting me ready for my day. And and some of those podcasts are, like I said, devotionals. But some of them are, are Tony Robbins or Simon Sinek yeah. or, you know, somebody that I need to listen to just to to speak truth over me so that I can go and like really take force of the day. 
how do you prime your day or how do you start your days? I love that, that you're tapping on that because I think it's so important to be so intentional. Um, I'm a multitasker at heart. Like I just, I'm good at it. And um, I find a lot of productivity and being able to multitask. And I'm not saying, you know, that I'm not giving you my undivided attention when I'm right in front of you. That's not what I mean. But I do just mean that, hey, I can have um, benchmarks. I can have six students, eight students at a time going on a benchmark because I found a way to integrate everyone's time. And so that's not taking away from my student, but it's giving me something else as well. Like I'm, you know, monopolizing my time, which is super important. But um, the way that I do that is just super specific time management. So I take a lot of times on my weekends, um, you know, there's specific times on Sunday, like you do as well. I usually spend Sunday evenings um, finalizing grades and um, texting out most of my families that I plan on meeting with that week and saying, you know, this is the time that we normally meet, confirming. Um, confirmation is a big thing for me. Um, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste your time. And so when I sit down with families at the beginning of the year, we talk a lot about the expectations that I hold and, you know, the value of my time versus the value of their time and, you know, getting parents on board with that. I have like 100% of respect, I think, for my families when it comes down to that. So I always confirm. I always reconfirm. And that takes away from, you know, driving somewhere and then not showing up. And then it's like, well, what do I do with the next hour, you know? So, um, you know, being specific and intentional is a huge part of that. Um, I am the same way as you, though. I spend my morning, I have, I would say, about 30 to 40 minutes every day that I sit down at my desk um, and I go through emails and I'm responding and I'm um, catching up on, you know, tickets and just different things that need to take place before um, the day gets started because my day is fully students. So anytime I'm doing, um, you know, data entry and just the back ends of our jobs this evenings you know I hate to say that but that's just where I am right now so um you know I also give myself a workout every day so um I spend quality time with my kids every day I just make it happen and again it just comes from being intentional um you know being focused when you're doing the things that you're doing I try to make sure I'm present where I am and that allows me to I feel like have a good balance and not become too stressed most of the time yeah, totally. Uh, and that, that's one of the things we said last week too, is scheduling in that exercise. If that's, if that's yeah. what it is. And it's huge for me, obviously. So you um, said it, for it, six it gives me life, like working out and, you know, obviously the devotions are, you know, I need to be at church and I need to do these things for, you know, my health, you know, really it comes down to that. But I, um, I, I gauge workouts as something God has given me to allow myself to, um, you know, not live in a stress or, um, any anxiety, like it's just getting those endorphins out. It really does help me. I, I always encourage people to find time, even if it's just a 20 minute walk. I have a friend who lives around the block from me and every day, if I'm sitting here on my zoom, I see her walk by, like, she's just taking a lunch break. She's just going for a walk. I'm like, girl, get your 20 minutes in. You do what you can. <laughs> I love it. I, I'll schedule it at, at 6 PM. But if somebody says, Hey, we want to such and such. Let's go do dinner. I'm like, uh, no, I've got, I've got something built in at that time. And I kind of yes. keep, if I've written it on my calendar, I try to keep it sacred, you know, and, and abide by it. I don't, my friends don't even ask anymore. They're like, Oh, that's when you do 
you know, that's when your dance class is. I'm not going to ask. Thank you. <laughs> that is awesome. So another thing I liked to do when I was a teacher and then even parenting and, and teaching my own kids at home uh, now is I will package lessons together cross-curricular. And you can tell me about some of that too. But like if, if we're doing a social studies assignment, I'm going to give them credit for reading the content as well as writing on the content. And I'll try to package as many things, as many standards together as possible. Can you talk to me about kind of cross-curricular work that you have done with your kiddos? You're so good at that. And honestly, that's probably one of the biggest things I took from my time with you as my mentor and as my, my principal was the way that you're able to, um, you know, do activities and projects and really integrate um, all of those things. So I've been able to do a lot of similar things, especially social studies, science, because um, you can, you know, get writing assignments out of that. You can get language arts and um, reading and, um, you know, just working through all of the different standards that we have. You can cross, like you're saying, you can cross point those. So, um I have a couple different things that are go-tos for me, but, um, you know, I enjoy also getting my students offline um, so that they're not stuck on a computer, you know, for, you know, 100% of their curriculum. So I do incorporate, you know, novel studies and things, which are just things that students can do to get, you know, areas of different, you know, um, standards addressed. So they're getting points for not just science and social studies, but also for reading and writing, like you say. I love letting kids write songs um, and oh, helping them that. write songs for the, the research that they've done uh, because like that's poetry, right? I mean, if, if you can get them to rewrite the lyrics uh, with yeah. their, their science research, then, then you've really done something good right there. I always find raps and things on YouTube. Like when I'm starting a lesson, I like to find like one of those, you know, like old school classroom. Like there's so many videos on YouTube and these teachers have like gone out of their way to help their students create raps and songs. And so, um, you know, I don't feel that that is my creativity, but I love encouraging <laughs> my students to do that kind of thing and just get into the song dance and sing. I mean, it helps you memorize. That's how my daughter learns. I mean, she can memorize a song, a lyrics from a song, um, you know, listening to it once or twice, but then it comes to, you know, some type of science, passage that she's having to memorize for a test and she's having to you know study for days and days and my husband's like just put it to music like let's just get it down on a wrap you'll get it down that's and we've right it's super helpful so um, that's awesome. mrs winters <laughs> seventh grade i don't know why we were learning the helping verbs or what i'm supposed to do with helping verbs but early we, english did you ever do that i didn't Tons of Oh, tons of songs all the time. Well, we did, yeah. um, and I, I still remember the, the moves and everything. It was mm -hmm. is, be, am, are, was, were, been, has, have, <laughs> had, do, does, did, may, can, must, might, would, could, should, shall, will. Um, and for those of you that don't have the pleasure of watching this Zoom, I just did an entire cheer <laughs> with the helping verbs. And movement included. Yes. But I mean, I, love it. I don't know why I'll ever really need those, um, but I know them. I know all, all 21 or 22, whatever was in yes. that song, Helping Birds. That is awesome. <laughs> Seventh grade, Mrs. Winners class. Thank you, Mrs. Winners. Shout um, out. <laughs> <laughs> so 
taking and 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 just adding your spin or adding your flair is is huge. Do you ever ask kids to um, or, or help kids uh, put things to body? I mean, you are a body mover, and I, I feel I, like that kinesthetic learning is something that you could probably help kids with. Have you ever thought about teaching through body movement? Um, I have for sure. And I do that a lot with my younger students. Definitely. I think it's powerful um, to just be getting up and moving. It really does attach a memory to it. Um, and just in general, getting up and moving. Um, today, I did a Zoom with some second and third graders. And, um, you know, I always encourage them to get up and move, like take a break. Let's do 10 jumping jacks. I remember in my classroom, we would even just do um, plank wars and things like that. Just get them up and moving. Um, so I put education as well, but um, the most part of what I've, I've done is just for brain breaks and things. Um, but yeah, today, I, <laughs> um, my kids didn't think that I could do a cartwheel. And so I had to take my computer with me outside. <laughs> and so they were all clapping for me on Zoom like it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is what I miss from being, you know, face-to-face with the group. You, you mentioned mental breaks and stuff. I love one-minute dance parties. Anything you can do to get the blood flowing and the oxygen flowing, I mean, that's going to create serotonin. It's going to make everybody feel good. Sorry to get super sciencey here, but it really no, like is. It. Serotonin is huge in yes. not only sleep, like the ability to fall asleep, but the ability to stay positive too. And yeah. when you give yourself that one-minute dance party or that, you know, that one-minute plank or whatever it is, you are getting the, the oxygen flowing, which is going to create more energy. And, and honestly, um, you're not going to burn out as fast. And oh, yeah. People Especially burn being out. in your own environment. Like, this is my home. You know, so I'm sleeping here. I'm eating here. I'm parenting here. I'm enjoying family time here. So um, it does, it does, you know, and my students are the same way. So it does take a little bit to say, get out of your space, you know, um, get out of your, you know, interactions of just sitting here reading or whatever, go outside, even when it's cold, bundle up, just get outside. Um, you know, unless it's rainy or whatever, but, um, also, um, for those of you who haven't heard before, go noodle is such a good website for you to get on. Um, you can get free access and there's so many dances and things that you can do. And children, I would say under the age of, you know, 11 or 12 are pretty, um, you know, they, they enjoy that kind of stuff. Now, some of the older kids, they kind of have an attitude about it, I see. But who cannot smile when you're being silly and, you know, just getting out of your element a little bit? So, Maybe if they're over 11, we'll send them to TikTok. Like, go learn this TikTok dance. And... There you go. That's <laughs> something that I haven't, you know, suggested before, but that's so true. So Beth, talk to me. I mean, we've got so many apps. And then if, if we've got gaps in education, we've got the Epic Essentials and we've got the curriculum and we've got Zoom meetings and all these things. How do you instruct a family, especially a family of multiple kiddos, how to navigate yeah. all of those things? I mean, it can leave parents feeling like all they're doing all day long is teaching. How do you help I them overcome that? I definitely hear that from parents, especially at the start of the school year. So 
Um, you know, starting off, I let my family, especially my new families this year, I'm like, give yourself grace. It's trial and error. If you get through your day and you're halfway through your day and you're like about to explode, your kids are about to explode. Nobody's learning anything. So, um, you know, the grace is a big portion of it and the communication is huge too, because I can't help you if I don't know what's going on. So, um, you know, I really stress the communication as key. So, um, I would say my new families, there's only a couple where, you know, we put a plan in place and it's perfect and it's worked and we've been going, you know, 90 to nothing and everybody's happy. And um, that's not usually the case. So generally it's, let's try this, does that work? And if it doesn't, okay, let's try something else. And by a few weeks into school, we have a plan that's working. I, um, I do have several families who have multiple kids. And so I, I think my, my parents especially feel, um, you know, the load of having three different school years essentially or two different school years to um to enforce and that can be really overwhelming so having a schedule and again having the intentions to be specific is so important so um I'm thinking of one family in particular and so what I've done with them is um you know all kids are working on epic essentials you know at the same time and so that's her break you know that's an hour out of the day where she can, you know, if she wants to do laundry or, you know, meal prep or just the things that she wants to do, she can do. Um, and then beyond that, she spends an hour with each of her children. So that ends up being three hours a day. So it's not terrible. Um, a lot of the work that they do are things that they can do by themselves, the epic essentials they can do by themselves. Um, you know, a quick instruction or a, a link to a YouTube video can help explain how to um, complete their lessons. And then their actual curriculum is lessons that they can sit and listen to. So sometimes I would say some days it's more involved and some days it's less. But um, like I said, I do feel as though the trial and error comes into play and giving yourself grace and finding a system that works is, is key. Because again, this is not everybody is the same. Everybody is different and it does take um, the intentions to set up a game plan and see that through, make it work. For sure. Um, focus, I think, is an, an intentionality is the key to making the most of your time. I read somewhere that our brains are distortion, deleting, and generalizing devices. And so yes. what you focus on is what you'll actualize. And I know that, I mean, my own kiddo, right? They hate reading with a passion, right? And so they've come to me at the end of like 30, 40 minutes of, of novel reading time. And they're like, I, I say, you know, what did you read? With dyslexia, I feel like we have to have this um, this comprehension chat every single day. Sure. Like, what did you sure. read about? What, what was going on? And it drives me crazy, Beth, when my kids come down and they're like, you know, I don't, I don't really know. And we start yeah. unpacking, like, what do you mean you don't know what, what happened last time? Okay. And then what happened today? I, I don't know. And I was like, okay, <laughs> did you have your cell phone out? Were you playing with the cat? Like all these home distractions are huge. And if, if the cat yeah. was like sitting on their lap and they were petting it, they're not paying attention. And so where yeah. is your focus? And are you being intentional with that focus? Do you have um, families that you, you're like, hey, I mean, I know you guys have to do this at home, 
but you have three dogs and a baby and, and, you know, uh, you're, yeah. you're running a home business. Is this going to work? Sure. Do you have families that you have to have that, that focused conversation with? Definitely. I, and that's another thing, setting up expectations at the beginning of the school year. It's important that everybody has a workspace. So um, my workspace is actually my dining room, but it's my office now. So um, we don't eat in here. Nobody does anything in here other than, you know, this is my, this is my desk. And so, um, you know, I think that's important for families as well. They're not sitting in a mess in a pile of laundry to do their schoolwork. Um, and that's not to take away different learning styles. I remember in my classroom, I would let my students read under a desk or, you know, do their schoolwork under a desk. They could be by the windows. Like everyone's different in that regard. So I'm not taking away from um, learning styles, but I am saying you need a specific area. Where are you the most productive? Do you need to get up and get dressed every day? Or is being in your jammies and listening to music okay for your learning style? So I, do, I want to integrate that into this part of the conversation because I think it's super important to um, know your child and know what is best for them when it comes to how they learn. And so then that being put forth, you can create that learning space um, and set it aside from everything else that's going on in the house. Um, I think that's really good for, for, you know, just as adults too, to have that, especially for however many of us are working from homes on a day-to-day basis and the intentionality comes back into play again. So, yeah. So what, um, what's on the horizon for you and your kids? Like how, you know, we're, we're ending benchmark season. Um, we're getting ready to gear up towards that, that testing time. Um, and then after state testing, there's kind of this, this month of wrapping it up and projects and stuff like that. What's on the horizon for you and your students over the semester? Well, this is definitely a a very specific time of the year. So, you know, going through, um, standards and packing in as much content as we've been able to over the last, what, five months. Um, And so now it's like, what standards are left? What have we not covered? And then what really needs to be reviewed? So um, the benchmarking is is crucial because that really allows me to see where are my students mastering, um, where are they near mastery on? And that's really been my focus is that near mastery section. So, and that's been more intentional with my one-on-ones. My, my Zoom classes are still finishing standards, which we should have done in the next five or six weeks. And then we're just going to pack and review. Um, and I'm excited for that because that's games and that's, um, you know, you've learned this. And so let's touch base on this and see what you can remember and how we can make it, you know, beneficial. Um, just remember, even like, when they are doing reading, you can put things into play. Like they're having their dear time. They're sitting down, they're reading. Um, they don't remember what they're reading about, like you're saying, but like you can have them go into an intention of who, what, where, when, why, like that's what you need to tell me when you come out of that. And so even that kind of stuff is, is going to be covered on state testing. I mean, as basic as it gets, that's the, you know, comprehension and understanding what you're reading. And so just constantly going over things like that, um, it's not going to be, um, it's, it's going to be more fun for them to have things that they can go into it and, and actively participate. I, I love you so much, Beth. You, 
you're just so filled with energy. I uh, I wish you were my teacher whenever I was growing up. That's all. Uh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I love what I do, and I, I love I love Epic so much. And I know it's not for every family, and I respect that. Like I know um, sometimes families are like, I don't know if it would work for me. And you know, I think it takes a lot of uh, ability to. Um, look at things a little differently. I mean, there's so much in life comes down to perspective and especially where we are right now with this pandemic. And I just think it's been such a blessing for so many families and it's allowed families to come together and be close and have these opportunities of connection within their own family um, has really turned into a blessing in disguise. So um, I am so blessed to be a part of it and I love what I get to do. I love it. And just so I can speak some truth out there, um, this is the first year in 10 school years, okay, that um, I, myself, or my husband are not the official epic teacher for my kids. And just for what it's worth, any of you guys out there listening, we have had to be so incredibly intentional with our time because, I mean, we both work essentially, I mean, I'm I'm at it from 7 to probably like 4.30 or 5 every single day, and, and he's at it from like 8 to 4 every single day, and, you know, we've had to really change the way school looks like in our house, you know, yes. um, our own, our, our kids have teachers that are, are yeah. epic teachers this year. And it's just yeah. um, managing their expectations with our expectations and, and our work with the kids workload. It is probably the hardest school year I've ever had. And, and I've been doing it for 10 years. I've yeah, eat, wow. slept and breathed Epic Charter Schools for 10 years. And this <laughs> is the hardest school year yet. So for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, this year's not like last year. Or for you new people who are brand new to Epic and, and thought, oh, what the heck did we just do? Just so you know, uh, this is a hard year. The pandemic has added a level of just change and um, it's changed so the structure of our day and the time of our day. And, yeah. and um, just if, if there's anything uh, I can offer you, it is allow yourself that grace that, that Beth was talking about earlier. Allow Take the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Ask your teacher to help you simplify. Ask your teacher to help you make a schedule if you don't have one. And I know that several of you have commented on the Facebook world about my teacher keeps changing my plan. If that's the case, they're probably trying to find out what works for you. There's something that wasn't working or um, you weren't getting the gains or, or whatever. And and so just be filled with grace. Um, be, be ready to change, but also ask for a simplified approach if it's not working for you. And I would also just add to that and say, again, that communication, like, have the boldness and the courage to ask the questions because as a teacher, from my perspective, it's like if a, if a family came to me and said, okay, why is this going on? And I don't like it and it's not working for us. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, stop doing that and let's figure it out. And so, and I think that just gives my families a lot of, um, you know, just, I can't think of the right word. It, it gives them a lot of um, confidence. That's the word I'm looking for in me 
to help them because they're not doing it on their own. Like we are a partnership. I am here to support. I'm here to teach. I'm here to, um, you know, mentor and help cultivate these families to help their child be successful. So just, you know, the communication, get it out there and have, have a, a conversation. And I'm sure together you guys can come up with such a great game plan to make you guys successful. I love it. That's it. Uh, that is all the time we have for today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe to the podcast. If you are new to this podcast, um, that is the best way to get notified each time a new episode drops. Real quick, I'm pulling it up. Uh, Jared Buss. If you are still listening, Jared Buss, I have reached out via uh, the the Facebook world. I have reached out. Um, I can't find you in Epicenter, but you've made comments. I've got a gift card for you, so get a hold of me as soon as you can. Um, Thank you for continuing to listen and for making Epic the best place to work and learn.